Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. So good to see everybody and uh, great to be together this morning, isn't it? Great to celebrate Brendan turning 40 yesterday. And uh, we're both now 40 and uh, now we're going to dress the same every Sunday. It's awesome. Keeps me young and um, we're both going to grow mullets so both our wives learn what true love feels like when you have to rather than want to. No, it's, um, it's awesome. You know, today's a special day and I just really sense God's going to do something incredibly special. Um, I just want to say hello to obviously welcome everybody who's here for the first time joining us in church and this is relatively new to you. Even the church environment itself is foreign, but you've just had an inkling to go, you know what, I want to learn more. I just want to find out. I just want to commend you and say thank you for being bold enough to come. Uh, some of you are joining online for the first time because your same heart's desire. There's just been something knocking your heart, like God's prompting you to say, ask questions about me, find out more about me. And the good news is, is that God loves you so much. And God knows where you're at and He knows where you walk through, but He also has so much in store. And, uh, and I'm just praying that today, that uh, the same way in all of us who have maybe been in church for some of us decades, that God's going to do something really fresh. So whether it's your first ever time, I'm believing something fresh, or whether you've been here for decades, I'm believing for something so fresh. And so I'd love us all to have an expectation. Come on, have we got a heart that says, okay, God, what do you want to do today? You're here and you're going to move. And I wanted as well to take a moment to, uh, for us to actually get an update from Pastor Paul uh, in regards to his health journey. Um, you know, so it'd be really good for us just to, to hear how it's going. Because uh, who knows, we've been standing in faith and believing for miracles and uh, believing for great doctor's reports in regards to this cancer journey. And so why don't we go to the screen and hear quickly from Pastor Paul in regards to what's happening. I want to thank everybody because globally people are praying. And uh, I go in for treatments with people with similar uh, circumstances that I have and uh, around the same time. And to be honest, some, you just look and kind of they're just wasting away and you say, man, but I don't, I don't, I don't look at myself too much in the mirror, but I don't think I look like that. And you go, what's the difference but God? But God. But anyway, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, some, uh, again, we had an MRI, which is the second MRI I've had on the brain, because just to check out how the brain is going. And the news is that uh, on that MRI, there are no signs of cancer in the brain whatsoever. But God. And then, of course, I have cancer in uh, the liver, the lungs, and the adrenal glands, and uh, then had a PET scan. And the PET scan obviously is the best way of being able to tell and pick up cancer through the body. And uh, the PET can, uh, the <laughs> PET can. The uh, PET scan showed, continued to show that there is signs of further shrinkage. And uh, some of the larger areas uh, have kind of a grey centre, so there was no inflammation, which shows uh, no activity in uh, that. So by God's grace, there was very encouraging signs, is how the oncologist put it, for what is taking place in this human body. But God... And we are believing for a full and total 
and complete miracle, not just for me, but for everyone that yes. will name the name of Jesus, put their trust and their faith in God. Come on, I think we can praise God and just honour. Come on, here for that great moment, that great miracle. Well, Father, we do believe for a continual creative miracle. Lord, in every organ and every way, Lord, not just shrinkage, but we declare gone. Father, we thank You that nothing is beyond You. And this day, Pentecost Sunday, revealed to us, Lord, that You wanted, it was Your heart, that we would all operate in the same way Christ operated. That we could walk into any and every situation and there'd be a resolution, there'd be a resolve, there'd be a moment of breakthrough, there'd be a moment of healing, there'd be a moment where God, everybody said it's done, but God, You said, I've just begun. Father, we believe for miracles. God, we believe for breakthrough in people's hearts that have just been discouraged for so long. Father, I believe for miracles for people who have just had to create walls in their own thinking and mindsets just to be able to navigate and keep moving forward. And it's caused the hardening of the area that, Lord, You designed to be so soft and moldable. Father, would You do a miracle in Jesus' Name. Lord, where we restrict You to the natural, I pray that today something of Your supernatural would take over. And we just see You do what only You can do. In Jesus' Name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. There is no other name. There is no other name. There's no other name to which healing can come. I'm sitting down today because it's Pentecost Sunday and I'm a ranter and a raver. If you know me, I need no assistance to get loud and to move fast. So I thought today, let's sit down. <laughs> it goes completely against what I naturally feel like doing. And you're gonna find me like fidgeting the whole time, wanting to get up. But at the same time, isn't it amazing that in the upper room this day, all those years ago, when the Holy Spirit moved in power, they were all sitting down. And I felt like this week as I've been praying and preparing and getting my heart ready, I felt like sometimes our mentality and our understanding when it comes to the Holy Spirit and encountering the Holy Spirit is that we've got to rev it up, we've got to turn it up, we've got to passion it up, we've got to fire it up, we've got to stir it up, we've got to G it up, we've got to hype it up. But here they are together in a room with this unified heart just worshipping, just praying, just enjoying the fact that they're together and they're in the will of God. And the will of God was a moment of waiting. And here they are in the moment of waiting and in the presence of God, they're singing. And then all of a sudden, God turns up and He moves powerfully. It says that the, a violent wind, like the breath of God moved in that place. And I believe that the breath of God is gonna move in our hearts and in this place. I've been trying to think practically, how is that gonna look when it comes to the opportunity to pray for people and just have time where we're just going to call on the name of Jesus and we're just going to lift up and exalt Him. What's it going to look like? How's it going to work for those at home? How's it going to work? And is it going to translate between what's on screen and, and, and where you are right now being a part of this service? But I thank the Lord that He turned up 
where there was a willing heart, where there was a waiting heart, where there was a God, there was a, a moment where they realised that God wanted to deliver His promise. He wanted to present His promise in the heart of every believer in that place, every disciple. So I'm believing where you are, there's going to be a touch of His anointing today. There's going to be a move of His Spirit today. Something powerful is going to happen. But I've been reading and reading and reading and just preparing and preparing and preparing and praying and praying and praying. And I just love the thought that the Holy Spirit, right, is not an addition to our lives. See, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the truth of it is, is that a number of us are actually going to go to a posture of actually wanting to step back a little bit and be a little bit hesitant, right? Because maybe we've seen it or experienced it or heard other theories or theology around it that has caused us to want to be a little bit arm's length Right, Because I can't control that. I can't quite manage that. I can't quite understand or navigate all of that in my own ability. So we kind of put it to the outside rather than invite it to the inside. But the truth of it is, is that Jesus actually said the Holy Spirit right, is exactly what every single believer, every single person needs to be able to live the Christian faith. We cannot, it is impossible, hear this, it is impossible to live our Christian walk without the Holy Spirit. Impossible, because what He's calling us to is so much more than us. What He has on your life is so much bigger than you. What He wants to do in and through your life cannot be done by natural strength, by common man understanding, by the wisdom that we gain from the world or from the interpretation that we know through our own eyes. The Holy Spirit is there to unpack the Word of God and bring truths into our heart that otherwise we could have never received. And we will not be able to live the call of God on our lives without the Holy Spirit. And so here he says to them in Luke 24, he says, guys, before you go, like Danny just said, before you go, you've got to get clothed. Which is this whole thought is that we can be cleaned, right? We can live clean in the presence of Jesus. We can live clean in the cross, we can live clean in the reality that our sins are gone and God has washed us clean, but are we clothed? Are we clothed in power? Right? God wants us to live lives clothed in power. Come on, power to overcome, power to raise the bar, power to live out the call of God in our lives. Power when the enemy says you can't, when the natural says you won't, when the circumstances of life or the generational flow down that you see says, ah, you're going to be limited. The power of God says, no, you're not. Because I am enough. I am enough. In fact, Jesus is so adamant about the need for him to go that he says, I got to go because there's one better that's coming. And unless I go, I can't give him to you. And he's a counsellor. He's a friend. And the Bible says that he says another. Another is going to come. And do you know that in the translation of that word another, it doesn't mean a substitute. It doesn't mean something like me. Another, in the, in the biblical understanding of that word, in the context, actually means a direct replica. So like the very person of Jesus is going to be replicated in the Holy Spirit, but no longer someone who lives beside us and outside of us, but lives in us. And we all read the Bible and marvel at Jesus, but sometimes we can go, oh, but the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to put Him there. That's like literally saying to Jesus, Jesus, I'm unbelievably amazed by what you're doing, but could you just live on the outside? 
because I don't want to invite you completely into the inside of who I am, that you would live through me and, can, and be able to mould and to shape this life that I call yours. We're called to live in the Holy Spirit. Oh, but the Holy Spirit seems random. It seems like it kind of is a bit of a, has its own, goes off on its own and does its own thing. No, 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 that's not what the Bible teaches. It's a Holy Spirit, not a weird spirit or a wacky spirit or unrelatable spirit. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was then tempted, went into the desert, remained there 40 days without eating, then denied the devil, defeated the devil. What was quickened in His Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit? The Word of God. Sometimes people use excuses of the Holy Spirit being, oh, well, I'm in the Holy Spirit. Well, isn't your Holy Spirit the Word of God? Because if it doesn't match word for word of the Word of God, then it's not the Holy Spirit that you're drinking. You may be consuming something else. But this is Jesus says, I have so much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But don't worry. When He, so the Holy Spirit isn't an it. It isn't something that's just, no, no, He, He, the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, of truth. Wow. And when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. So why is it sometimes maybe I don't want the Holy Spirit as active in my life? Because I'd rather live doing what I want to do than actually wanting to submit my life and say, you know what, I'm getting it wrong. (laughs) I'm actually a little bit concerned with what I want and a little bit caught up in who I want to be and a little bit, I guess, in the notion of what they might think and how they might take it. So I'd rather live in a way that kind of conforms to what they're going to say is is, um acceptable. But no, when we're living in the Holy Spirit, no, He walks us and He leads us and He guides us in truth. And there's actually things in us that say, you know what, it might not be uh, fashionable and it might not make sense to everybody and it might not. But God, if that's your word in my life, if that's, that, that's your will in my life, then Lord, I'm jumping all in. And He will tell you what is yet to come. How awesome is that? And it says this, and He does not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears from God and He will tell us what is yet to come and He will bring glory to Jesus by making from what is mine be known to you. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Because we need more of Jesus in our lives. And how do we get that? We get that by pursuing Him and having a vibrant, full living relationship with the Holy Spirit. So He says, stay, right? I don't want you just clean, guys. I want you clothed. If there is a day and an hour where we need to be clothed in the Holy Spirit, it is right now. What our world does not need is a whole lot of just niceties. What our world needs is the love of Jesus to be permeating in and through our lives that reveals that the same grace that saved us, the same grace that shaped us, the same grace that lives in us is the same grace that's there to shape them, to love them, to save them, to free them, to enable them. And so in Acts 1, it says, this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, listen to this, for the gift. Don't you love that? The Holy Spirit is a gift. Jesus was a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. I'm just trying to help us paint a little bit of a picture. If we have any hesitation towards the things of the Holy Spirit, that would be like saying we have full hesitation towards the things of Jesus. So we don't have hesitation towards the Holy Spirit because we realise the Holy Spirit is the full representation of Jesus, right? 
And He's a gift that, listen, the Father has promised. The same Father that loved us so much, He gave His Son Jesus to die on a cross for us is the same Father that promised us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And who knows, we've got a good Father. If He's willing to sacrifice His own Son for His love for us, then my goshness, this next gift must be incredible. But it's a gift His Father, the Father has promised, which you've actually heard me speak about. For John's baptism was with water, but in a few days, listen to this, you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit, which means we're going to be immersed, not just a touch, not just a moment, not just a feeling, but immersed in the Holy Spirit. And when they met together, they asked Him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And He said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the dates that the Father has set by His own authority. Isn't it amazing? Like straight away, they're starting to get concerned with things that actually Jesus is saying, the big picture, that's not what we need to get concerned with. So often we can get caught up on things that really actually want not what Jesus is wanting us to get caught up on. He says, don't worry about that stuff. Let God look after godly things and let us get busy with the things that God has entrusted us to get busy with. Then he goes on and he says in verse eight, but you will, not you might, you could. He says, you will, listen to this, receive power. Come on, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Come on, you will receive power. You will not be limited to the confines of a natural human ability or a natural human understanding. No, you will receive power. Power to live out the Word of God. Power to live out the the realities of what God is actually asking us to live. Because who knows? The things that God asks us to live, the life that He's called us to live, who knows? It's pretty hard. Come on, who knows? It's pretty hard to stand the way He's called us to stand, to live out the values He's called us to live out. But He doesn't say, go and do it in your own strength. No, no, you will receive power. Come on, He's going to empower you to live this life. He's going to empower you and I, come on, to live in a way that denies the flesh, but lives by the Spirit. And then He says, you will be my witnesses. He doesn't say, hey, then you should be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. So the intentionality of the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that we would live empowered by Him that we could clearly and evidently say in our own lives, it's not me, (laughs) but go I, if it wasn't for the grace of God. But actually then that our lives would reflect Jesus and our lives would cause others to know Jesus. Like the full concern Jesus has here is that one, you're gonna live in power. So be okay with the fact that even though it seems too much, it's not too much. Even though it seems too hard, no, I'll make a way. Even when it seems like you wanna give up, no, no, the Holy Spirit can give you the strength that is needed. Even when you feel like you're knocked down and it's just another day where you feel like I haven't moved forward, no, 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 raise your head again because God has the ability to lift you up and to lead you forward. But He says, the reason for all of this is so you can be my witnesses. What I want is I want my kids to know me. What I want, the reason we're empowered, the reason He wants us to move in the miraculous, the reason He wants us to stand in the impossible is not that we would just have breakthroughs in our lives, but it would direct people to believe in Jesus. 
Come on, that people would know that chains can be broken. Come on, that people would know that addictions can be broken. That people would know that the empty void in their life, that was not, that, that, that's not actually how they were designed to be living, that we can be His witness. And I love this. In Jerusalem, Acts 1, chapters 1 to 7 is about how the message, the gospel spread to Jerusalem. And then from Judea to Samaria, Acts chapters 8 to 12 is where the gospel spread to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 13 to 28 is where the gospel spread from Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, now to the ends of the earth. And it hasn't finished its work because it's here today. The same Holy Spirit, the same Pentecostal power of God to awaken His Word and to quicken our spirits and to fulfill the reality of God's call in our life is needed today. The empowering of the Holy Spirit. So they stay. They wait for the promise the Father has promised them. They wait for the gift that God has destined for them to have. And here they are 10 days later. Right, 10 days of waiting, 10 days of worshiping, 10 days of continuing. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, Acts 2 says, and then all of a sudden, suddenly the sound of a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Oh, I don't understand the tongues thing. The language of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is a gift from God. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of God and one of them being the ability for us to have our own language, our own direct spiritual language with heaven. How awesome is that? So it actually even goes beyond our natural comprehension. It's not limited to what we can understand in our own ability. No, this is a direct line to heaven. This is a direct ability to be able to tap into the presence of God personally. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, hey, I speak in tongues more than anyone. Why? Because I want my spirit full of the presence of God. If I'm going to live out the call of God, I need my life full of the presence of God. So the gift of tongues is not weird and wacky. No, the gift of tongues is to equip us to be able to live the life God's called us to live. But like any gift, if you don't want it, then you don't have to open it. But he's saying, guys, there's a gift here. There's the gift of prophecy. There's a gift of wisdom. There's a gift of knowledge. There's a gift of faith. There's a gift of healing. There's a gift of miracle, miraculous power. There's a gift of discernment. There's a gift of intercession intercession and interpretation of tongues. Amazing. God has gifted us so that then it goes on to say, we are one body made up of many parts. And if we were all full of the Holy Spirit and living in our spiritual gifts, I tell you, the church would be unstoppable. The church and the influence and the impact and the reach and the care and the love and the service and the grace and the mercy and the ability to help and to serve and to love and to lead. I tell you, it would be unstoppable. But could it be maybe just limited a little bit because we don't want to live full or we're not pursuing the fullness of the Holy Spirit, but we like the feeling of the Holy Spirit. But I tell you what, on Pentecost Sunday, we're going to have a moment of worship and prayer. And I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to fall in power. I'm believing that there is going to be a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. At home, I'm believing there's going to be a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And so they started to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And they were in saying in Jerusalem. So they're staying in Jerusalem with God-fearing Jews of every nation under heaven. And there were all these different nations and nationalities were there. Because it was the Pentecostal time, the feast 
right? And so everybody's dad is a gift. And then they can hear them speaking in their own native language. And they say to themselves, isn't these, these Christ, Christ followers, these, Christ, these Christians, right? These Galileans, the Christ followers, isn't this the Christians? How are they speaking in our natural tongue? What has enabled this, right? And they start to gather. And then some of them start to say, ah, because there must have been so much joy and there must have been so much jubilee and there must have been so much hell. Don't you love that the Holy Spirit isn't a fuddy-duddy? Don't you love that the Holy Spirit isn't a weight of oppression and heaviness? No, but joy comes in the Holy Spirit. So some of them actually say they're so joy-filled, it's as if they were drunk, right? They say, it's if, it's if, it's if, what's going on here? They've had too much wine. And then it says, and then Peter stood up. And then Peter stood up. Peter the denier, now full of the Holy Spirit, transformed from the inside out. No longer in a moment where he's challenged and pressured towards what he believes and what he stands for. No longer is he cowering down at the fear of what may happen to him naturally and physically. No, 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 no. Because when you come against the Word of God, when you're full of the Word of God, who knows, the Word of God starts to come out of who we are. It doesn't shrink back. Why? Because it's not an authority that we carry, but it's the authority of God's commanded Word that at the beginning of time spoke as the Holy Spirit hovered over the dark. It was the same authority that came out of Peter's mouth as was the same authority that spoke earth into being. He stood up. And I believe it's a time for us to stand up in the things of God. I believe it's a time for us not to cower, not to get shy about the reality of God's truths. No, because God's Holy Spirit quickens truth within us. And if you're like me, we're hearing things currently portrayed and projected over the generations, over our city and over our nation and over the world's culture that is contrary to the truth of God's Word. And if there's not something that stands up inside of us, and says, come on, this is only going to cause pain. This is only going to cause brokenness. This is only going to cause people to be left with despair. There's a truth that says there's a Saviour that came to set people free. And so he stands up and he starts to speak and he had no time to prepare. He hadn't gone and gone, okay, this is this moment that's going to come. Days earlier, they were locked in their room for fear of the Jews because they were getting slaughtered for the reality of their faith. They could have apologised. I tell you what, I've got to stop apologising for your faith. Stop apologising for the fact that you have a God who so loves, who sent His one and only Son, that whoever believed in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We should not apologise about the fact that He in the midst of someone's brokenness, doesn't want to stand there and just pity them, but He wants to get in the middle of their situation and bring healing and bring deliverance and bring hope and transformation. We've got to stop apologising. We're going to stand in it. And then basically the Word of God is quickened in Peter's heart and he starts to declare in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, there's no hierarchy when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I will pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy and they will show Wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke and sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, don't you love Jesus? He goes on and then he actually starts to actually confront them. This Christ you talk about, 
You killed him. You hung him. God sent him and you slaughtered him. But it was not because of your will. It was actually the Father's will that he would go and pay the price and die. But he did not just die. He rose again. Why were they unified in that room? Before Jesus had died and rose again, the disciples were always bickering and at each other. After Jesus died and rose again, they were together with one voice. What were they unified on the fact of? They were unified on the fact that we have a risen Saviour that did not just die, but He rose again, conquered the grave, overcame death, was defeated. There was a victorious reality in Christ. And there may be a lot of differences within who we are and the things that sometimes we theologically stand on. But I tell you, there's one thing we'll always be unified over. And that is the greatest thing that we have a Saviour who did not just die, but He rose again, triumphant over the grave. But we have a God who rose again. And we will stand united and we will have one voice that will lift up the name of Jesus. And so basically he goes on and he convicts them and he's speaking about the things of God. And then basically they say, my gosh, what must we do? Listen to this. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent. Be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And listen to this, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Because we need a world that hears God's truths, God's way. Peter, in his own strength, trying to defend Jesus, only weeks earlier, cuts off the ear of a man. Because he's trying to defend Jesus and stand up for Jesus. And I relate to that at times. But here now, standing up full of the Holy Spirit, he's communicating God's heart, God's way with God's Word. And now they're no longer cut to the ear, so they're unable to hear. No, they're cut to the heart. And their hearts are open to say, God, whatever it is I need to do to be able to understand and to know you, God, I'm all in. And see, what can happen in these days and these moments and these moments where we're like, we're trying to defend Jesus and we try and do it with our own ability and our own strength. I tell you, we don't need our own ability and our own strength. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit so that we can communicate God's heart and God's Word in His way. And we just watch God do what only He can in the heart of every individual but we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So team, come and join me, please. With many other words, He warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted the message were baptised and about 3,000, 3,000 were added that day. We're going to sing and declare we need a fresh wind. We don't need an old wind. We need a fresh wind. We need His Holy Spirit, church. We need His Holy Spirit. We're a church that has only been built on the reality of the ability to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. We are moving into a season and continually moving into what God has on us as a church, and it'll only be by the Holy Spirit. We need to live more aligned and more in tune with the Holy Spirit than ever before. But hear it right now. 
I say this clearly, but I say this with absolute sincerity. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, one of the great roles of the Holy Spirit, His first role, John 16 tells us, is to actually come to those and come to all of us when we are not right with God and actually reveal to us, you know what? There's a lack in our life. We are fallen short. We are in a place where we are lost We're in a place where we know the reality of the weight of our past, the reality that we are not complete. And He actually knocks in our heart and says, you weren't created to do life alone. You weren't created to be insufficient. You weren't created to live from a place of lack and loss. No, no, you were created to live in relationship with a Saviour. His name is Jesus. And He came and He paid a way for you and I to all freely receive the gift of grace. And in receiving the gift of grace and a relationship with Jesus, we made whole. We are filled and we are renewed from the inside out. We live in relationship with our Saviour and we are actually given a brand new life. The old, the Bible says, the old is washed away and we get a brand new beginning. But it's up for every single person to respond. It's up to every single person. The Bible says, repent, repent. John the Baptist, full of the Holy Spirit, his message was repent for the kingdom is here. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, his message was repent for, come on, all have fallen short and must be saved. Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, his message was repent. Come on, for the name of Jesus will save all people. You don't need to live broken. You don't need to live disconnected. You don't need to live separate from God. No, God loves you. He sees you. He knows you. But we've got to repent. What does repent mean? That's a heavy word. No, no, repentant means I was going this way, but I am choosing today to actually lift my eyes and I'm choosing to have a change of mind and I'm choosing to walk a whole new direction. I will not walk on my own. I will not walk in my own ways. I will not walk limited. No, I'm gonna choose to walk in love, to walk in truth, to walk in grace, to walk in life, to walk in the reality that God loves me all over this place with eyes closed and hearts open. If you're here and you know you're not right with God, or maybe you once were in relationship with Jesus, but the truth is you're separated. You are not right with God. There is sin in your life. Sin means separation. There are things in your life that have separated you from Him. Maybe you've never had the opportunity to get your life right with Jesus. He loves you so much. He's done enough. But the Bible says to those who believe, you need to make a decision in your heart to believe in Jesus, to believe that He came, but He did not just come believe that He died. He took our place, but He did not just die. He rose again and He triumphed over any separation, any sin in our lives. And we freely receive this gift through faith, taking a decision, I'm gonna believe in you. And in that decision of believing in Him, we receive His love, we receive His forgiveness, we receive His peace, we receive His hope. We are born again, made new. If you're here today and you need to pray this prayer to get right with Jesus, I wanna tell you, we're gonna pray it and then you're gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit. God's presence is gonna absolutely transform us from the inside out. So I'm gonna pray this prayer that anyone and everyone could respond and know Jesus. You're home, you're listening to this, God's knocking on your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. He's saying to you, come on, it's time to open your heart to me. It's time to turn and repent. There's people in this room. He's knocking on your heart and He's saying, I want you to pray this prayer. It's time to respond. It's time to come home. All over this place, if that's you, I want you to, in the count of three, just lift your hand and say, Craig, that's me. I'm praying this prayer. I've got to get right with Jesus. I'm going to make that decision afresh. It's time to turn. Those at home, you can't raise your hand uh, in the sense I can see it, but you can raise it. God sees you. That's the most important thing. All over this place, if that's you, on the count of three, just lift your hand. One, two, three. Say, yeah, that's me. Lift them up and say, yeah, Craig, that's me. It's great. 
Awesome. Fantastic. All right, let's pray together and then we're going to worship and the Holy Spirit's here. He's moving. I can sense Him so powerfully. Father, in the name of, let's pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, today, right now, I make a decision to personally, with my whole heart, follow You. Turn from my ways. Trust You. Live in Your Spirit. Live under Your Word. Live in Your ways. I pray from this day forward, You would help me to know You and to live for You. In Jesus' Name, I am born again. Amen. Come on, everyone. Can we celebrate and honour those who responded? All over this place, could we stand to our feet? Those at home, we're honouring You, we're celebrating You. place. I want you in your own language, in your own way. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. worship you. We honour you. We lift you up. We magnify you. We declare you are holy. You are Lord Almighty. You're a ruler of the heavens. Come Holy Spirit. So we're going to worship. I believe I can sense the Holy Spirit's here. We're going to worship together and I want you to worship freely with your own heart. And I want you to believe literally that you're going to receive an increase of His presence in your life. You're going to receive an infilling of the power of God. The power of God is here to heal. The power of God is healed. There's people who are going to walk out. You've been struggling with stuff. There's an overcoming. There's an overcoming. It's a turning point. The weakness is turning to strength. There's a reality that He is going to break off the things that have been holding on, the limitations, but it's going to come out of our invitation. Come Holy Spirit. The Bible says as well, to Timothy, he said, fan of the flame, the gift of God through the laying on of hands. What we're going to do is while we worship, if you'd love someone to pray with you, for an area of breakthrough. You'd love someone to pray with you that you would experience a fresh filling of His Holy Spirit. If you'd love someone to pray with you that you would receive a, a spiritual gift, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, a gift of wisdom, a gift, whatever it might be, then I want you to get out of your seat. Come on, we're opening up the altar, giving room for people to be able to respond and be prayed for. He's here to move. He's here to deposit. He's here to release something of His power this morning. At home, I want you just to seek Him with all of your heart. I want you to pursue Him. Because we're believing for a fresh wind. We're believing for a fresh move of the things of God in Jesus' Name. Father, we invite You to move. We invite You to come. Come on, all over this place. Let's raise our voices. Let's lift our hearts.
I love that it's not about a service environment where He stays and dwells. No, no, He dwells in our heart. He dwells in your life. He dwells in your spirit. So it's a relational journey that gets better and better and better. And I want to encourage you, please go and grab a Bible uh, at the information desk. Simply fill out this card. Indicate on the back in the green box the decision you made that helps us send you one email this week, letting you know about how you can keep growing in God and the different opportunities through Alpha and other ways we can support you as you're ready at home. Uh, there's a link that's going to enable us to be able to post that to you. All right, again, just being able to encourage you as how we can grow together and keep moving in the things of God. But uh, in the next couple of weeks, with expansion that's coming up, we're really excited about the opportunity to keep sharing about what God is doing and where He's leading. And uh, on the 19th, we're going to have an opportunity again to sort of put in lights what uh, God's done, but then also where He's directing us. And as part of that day, what we're doing is working really hard to actually be able to have everybody uh, be able to go on site to our new Sim Street building and actually walk through the premises, all right? So for a lot of people, it'll be the first time you actually be able to go through. And we're going to believe it's just going to be a real prophetic moment. It's going to be a real holy moment. Going to give people opportunity to actually write on the walls and write prayer and stuff. So I want to invite every person, the 19th, all right? Make sure you're part of that Sunday. If you can get here in person, come and join us. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And then again, on the 26th, we're going to respond from that place of faith where we're just going to take a step together, lead as God leads and activate what God asks us to do. And we're going to find Financially support the miracle that God is unfolding, which is going to be amazing. And so we really believe that. And so Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for who You are and we thank You for what You're doing. Father, I just pray that Your Spirit again just would be something that would be on tap in our lives, that we would not live from a, dri a dribble and a drab, but pour Your Spirit out, Lord, pour it out. I pray, Lord, our personal pursuit of You would go to another level. I pray, Lord, our desire for the Holy Spirit to speak, to act and to lead through our lives would go to a whole nother level. Father, I pray that we wouldn't see that as something for the super spiros, but God, we declare every believer filled with Your presence, filled with Your anointing, filled with Your Word, filled with Your grace. Father, let Your presence move. We honour You. We thank You for Your church. We thank You for this time together. We give You all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' Name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.